0: Hello, and welcome to the clap podcast. My name is Will Frost, and I'm here with Toby Yeomans, the voice of the out you just heard. And we're here to discuss all things film and television. We are excited to give you our thoughts on the latest in film and TV news, as well as a discussion on some of the latest releases and classics. Toby, how are you?
1: Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm keen to be in here, keen to to have a chat about the up and coming Film and TV shows, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let's give our, let's, let's tell our listeners about why we're doing this podcast. I think it's safe to say that we annoy our friends and family by talking about movies way too much. Absolutely. And I think it's just, we really wanted to create a, a podcast where people could, who actually were interested in this stuff and were absolute film nerds like us. And we could give people our thoughts and some of the news. And tell people our thoughts and have a really good discussion on some of the the latest films coming out as well. Just just widen the amount of people that we can annoy with our conversations, I guess. Absolutely. And it's safe to say we have some pretty strong views on a lot of things coming out. Absolutely. Yeah. So why don't we uh, get straight into it? Let's talk about some of the latest news coming out. Well, one of the big ones is that Star Wars The Phantom Menace is having its 25th anniversary this year. And it's having a re-release in theaters um, along the May 4th weekend. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, it sounds interesting. Um, you know my position on Star Wars itself. I actually stand by the prequels as actually enjoyable films to the extent that they can be. Yeah, obviously the dialogue always a little choppy, um, cringy to the extent that it can be. But um I don't I don't know if I'll be rushing in to watch it per se in cinemas. Um, but it's definitely something that I'll consider if the if the right group comes along to go watch it.
0: I actually agree. I think if they make it sort of a massive event type thing where it's not just re releases in theaters where you have five Star Wars fans in there enjoying it again who've seen it for the hundredth time I think if they make it sort of a major event and you've got a full theater full of um, like huge Star Wars fans and you get exactly what I said exactly what you said the right group to come along and do it I think it could be a really fun experience
1: yeah I, I'm not going to be around the bush so I doubt they're going to do anything significant with it I mean 25 years like it's it's a pretty significant amount of time that the film's been added, and a pretty significant anniversary but i I doubt that cinemas will be doing anything extra to, to release the film in such a way that it, it encourages people to come see it. You don't think Disney will
0: sort of <laughs> long to try and recover some of their Star Wars reputation in a way, given sort of the the disappointment in some of n- the n- newer releases?
1: Um, I, I can't say, like, for, I, I, don't, I don't know, um, for certainty that the cinemas will be wanting to do it. I reckon you'll see maybe an in, like increased amount of publicity on, on Disney plus, like, you know, have the side scroller at the top there, then also do, like Phantom Fen- Menace, 25 year anniversary and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then like, they'll try and get the recommended bit more towards the star Wars prequels, but, um, yeah, I'm not entirely sure that they'll do anything to, to push people towards going to cinemas, especially when they're pushing Disney plus so hard currently. Um, I think they're nearly doing the opposite with a lot of the way that they're releasing, uh, movies and TV shows that try to really push people to go towards their, their streaming service rather than going to Simmers,
0: perhaps. And you know, I had a lot of thoughts about that.
1: Yeah, I thought. <laughs> um,
0: well, as we're on the topic of Disney, why don't we talk about all their major 2024 mm-hmm. um, announcements? Disney have really invested in some of their upcoming releases and um, I, I in my opinion, I think they're looking very heavily in the short term. It's a lot of sequels, prequels, spin-offs. Yeah. It's a lot of um, sort of giving us more of what we know and love. And... Whilst I, I I really enjoyed that we're getting more of some of the IPs that we love, I do feel like there is a gap in their plans of new and
1: original ideas. Yeah, well, why, not, why don't you just list out what you've got written down there, just so that um, we can discuss them, I guess, while we're talking about this. Absolutely. So, let's start off with the announcement of Moana
0: 2 coming to theaters in November. I've heard this was originally going to be a Disney Plus okay. um production, but um given its popularity and the success of Moana, yeah. they are releasing it in theaters.
1: Um, what are your thoughts about Moana Two? Um, I stand by the original one. I loved that film when it came out. Um a really popular film. yeah, really popular film. I think it's it's good. It's kind of like that that frozen thing where it's I'm not pushed towards sequel. like I haven't seen Frozen Two. Um, mm. I've watched Frozen the first one enough enough times to yeah have a considerable opinion about it. but <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not sure if like releasing a sequel for it is gonna do all that much. I think, Disney has the capacity to release some original stories, and I feel like they're not investing in it as much as they perhaps should be. Um, they're trusting a lot in the IPs. It's good to hear those coming kind to of cinemas rather than straight to Disney Plus. But um, yeah, but beyond that, I don't see it being like massively an impressive film where you have that.
0: A lot of families will be looking forward to this, yeah, especially around the November time where um, you know family is going to be really keen for something new. Yeah, whilst it's not necessarily a new idea, it's definitely going to be a hit with family and friends. And yeah. If they can pull it off, we assume that the cast is coming back. I don't think it's been confirmed just yet. I imagine they were—they they did very well with the first Moana. Absolutely. The truth is, I, I trust that they they push for a sequel that can live up to the original. And I think it can be really exciting for, for families and uh, big fans of the original to have some more um, time in that world that they really show off in the first one.
1: Yeah, no, certainly. That's It's a valid point to say that, like, I guess... I mean, when we were younger, we had like Toy Story 1, 2, 3. So maybe it's not fair to, to criticize and say that <laughs> people aren't necessarily a bad thing. I mean...
0: And Pixar can pull it off. With you, know, pull it off yeah. where, you know, whilst not every, necessarily every trilogy that or even sequels that Dis- Disney Pixar have created have lived up to the original, but you can't deny that, you know, Finding Dory and, and, yeah, and, 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 and Cars and some of those really... Fine. They, they're really enjoyable flicks.
1: Yeah. and Right. And yeah, I guess the, the, if you're looking at it as like a kids and family type of film, they, they really don't care if it's the same IP. They're not looking for original stories. If they love the original, they can dress up as the same character and all that type of stuff and all the power to So I guess in that sense, like it's not too disappointing that they're doing it. They're not too, it's not too disappointing. They're investing purely in sequels. Yeah. um, it, it is always nice to see new films coming out. I mean, they had was Elementals last year. They did. Yeah. Um, can't see how that I saw it. I did, and I really, I really it. I think it. I uh, it
0: disappoints me that not a lot of people went and saw it at the theaters. But I do think that um, it's found a new life on Disney Plus yeah. and video on demand. And I'm really glad that it did because I think it's Disney going in a new direction in terms of uh, storytelling through animation. And I really think that um, that was a great, great call from that.
1: Yeah, and I know that it's fair to say that the Disney hasn't released new stuff. Even if you go before Elementals, there was um, yeah, Anzo, um. And they, that was an original film. That did fantastic. I can't remember it being a huge cinematic release. Yeah. um, Yeah. But once again, like a, a standalone film that was well-received as far as I'm aware. Um, yeah, it was. So yeah, I, I feel like when we're talking about Disney animation, it's not the end of the world that they're continuing IPs and doing sequels. Totally. Well, let's move on to, I think, some of the news
0: that's going to really excite people. And that's the, uh, the Taylor Swift The Era's Tour. Coming to Disney Plus, featuring songs that were not included in the original film. Yeah. I believe they're calling it Taylor's version, but that that could be incorrect. Mm. Um, I think a lot of fans will be really happy that Taylor Swift is getting her um, incredibly successful um, oh, yeah. concert film coming to Disney Plus and available for all. Um, I'm assuming it'll be in really good quality, 4K, and, and all that. And I feel like that's going to be played in many households um, who have Disney Plus.
1: Yeah. Um, no, that's, I mean, it's very relevant. we got Taylor Swift in Melbourne tonight. We do. Oh. We do. So that'll be the, the craze we'll be hearing about for the next couple of days. Yeah. Um, it's certainly interesting that she's releasing so much. I mean, Taylor Swift is everywhere, all over the news. Like, absolutely. I've had family talk about it, like co-workers and everything. Like, you can't go anywhere and not talk about Taylor Swift right now. So, yeah, she's doing well for herself to, to stay in, in the media. And I mean, obviously coming out of the Super Bowl as well. Mm. Um, she was, you know, obviously highly
0: Sorry, she 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 was. She was.
1: Um, to to better or worse for some viewers. Um, but she's doing well to keep herself relevant. Um, for such a like amount of time that it seems nearly ridiculous how every single conversation somehow brings up Taylor Swift. Um, mm-hmm. but for the actual uh tour to be shown on Disney Plus, I think it's interesting. because um, obviously the, the it was on cinemas the entirety of last year. Yeah, it was on away and it did ridiculously well on cinemas. Um, uh, it's been streaming for a little while now. Um, so the fact that they are bringing out more songs, I, I'll be interested to see if it's so much more worthwhile, that people might get pushed back towards Disney again. I do think that's the case. I really do. Especially given, I think it's, it's, it's
0: while we're on the topic, her release structure has been incredible for her and her, her business team because yeah. the, how much money made at the box office. I mean, it was nominated for a Golden Globe, or, um, the, the concert film because of how, um, how successful it was in theaters. I mean, it was comparable to some major releases. Yeah. Um. And then to have that, and then video on demand featuring, I think, some uh, one or two additional songs, mm. so people want to rent it or buy it again to watch yeah. it. And then to have it also on Disney Plus generate even more money from what I'm sure was an incredibly expensive deal for Disney. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I think Taylor Swift, um, herself and her business team really, um, was incredibly successful in their rollout of that concert mm-hmm. film. And I think we would be absolutely uh remiss if we didn't mention that other artists are going to absolutely try and pull this off the same as taylor swift yeah because it's been not only as the era's tour as we can see from her shows in melbourne tonight and the rest of the weekend people are really really excited to um to see the era's tour in melbourne and i think people are just going to want to constantly revisit it on disney plus yeah i think it'll find a completely um sort of new audience as well as people who went to the show and really want to experience that again
1: yeah, I well, know you bring up some um, interesting points as well that other artists might be doing the same thing. We saw Beyonce, oh, we did Renaissance, Reza-song. Renaissance tour. Yeah, um, so that was that wasn't I don't think it was as well received. Oh, probably it was well received, so just wasn't as widely watched.
0: From. No, absolutely. I think Taylor Swift had a massive wide release album but, that really was.
1: Yeah, so then you go into the questions like what one of the artists is big enough to pull off something like that? Realistically, I mean, if maybe Rihanna released a new album, perhaps, but else she's doing that. Mm. Um, I mean, Coldplay did it. They did live in River Plate. That
0: wasn't as successful because that was a live show. Yeah. So that's the difference where Taylor Swift is a pre-recorded comedy Mm. show. Whereas Coldplay, they did a live performance shown in theaters. That was a one-off. Yeah. Um, but it has found new life, um, for Australian listeners. It's on Stan. I've seen it. I went to the, the Coldplay concert. So did you. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) And we went, yeah. And we, um, really enjoyed it. And I won't lie. I've revisited that show. countless times on Stan. Um, that's the, the streaming services on for our Australian listeners. And I can only see Taylor Swift having the same success on streaming. Yeah. I think there are other artists that can pull it off. Maybe it's one of those things where I think bands like Taylor Swift, Beyonce and Coldplay are known for putting on incredible shows. Their music is obviously sensational and wildly successful. Yeah. But I think, um, it's not only that it's their shows, they're known for the creativity yeah. and the, the glamour of their shows that people really want to experience live um, is absolutely what is going to put them above necessarily other artists who can do it.
1: Yeah. Um, I do also want to ask you, I know you have some opinions about the Disney plus exclusive or even just adding more content to stuff simply just for Disney plus. Do you want to talk about that a little bit?
0: Oh, I will talk
1: about that because I do, you know, I feel really passionately about this, but I
0: think the streaming exclusivity is more harmful than I think we talk about in day to day. I think most people are really happy to go on to streaming and watch film. And I absolutely get that. And I'm, I have nearly every streaming service. I'm absolutely culprit of that. I also have quite a large physical media collection as well, which yes, I'm that nerdy. But I think for me, it's also, um, it comes down to film preservation as well as the availability of films where, you know, you can have it on the shelf, you know, it's always going to be there. But as you know, one of my, um, a film that I really, really enjoyed actually got removed from Disney Plus because it didn't get enough views and it was called Clouds for viewers who haven't seen Clouds. It's a really beautiful film and it's actually just been put on iTunes to buy. That's the only place you can get it as far as I've seen, but they removed that off Disney Plus for a long time and it was genuinely not available anywhere. So that film essentially didn't exist anymore. Yeah. And I think that's so much more dangerous to the preservation of arts, um, than I think people talk about because essentially those filmmakers, their film didn't exist anymore. Yeah. And I couldn't go revisit that film. No one could go revisit that film. or find it anymore. And I think the, what worries me is that, um, I think the exclusivity, if, if Disney had said, well, we'll, we'll give it to someone else, even for a Blu-ray release or even for, um, you know, give it to SBS or so It's one of the free streaming services here, anywhere that that film can still find a home somewhere. Even if Disney, don't want to put it on their platform, which I understand they're in control of their platform they don't want to put, um, content on there that they don't want to continue supporting, but allow people who really are passionate for the project to find it a home somewhere else. Um, and I think that's my main, my main concern with streaming exclusivity. And the fact that so many major films get hidden within the algorithm, things that, um, my mom watches, I don't even see appear on my Netflix and things like that, and that really worries me where you've got these films coming out by major, major, um, production companies and studios and directors and filmmakers, and they're just getting put into the ether that they, they essentially don't exist if they're just on streaming because the power for that to be taken away or modified or adjusted in any way is absolutely a worry to, um, upholding the filmmakers' visions of the film. And I think that my dream in this scenario would be for everything to be available on streaming that that the streaming services want but also give it either a physical release or enable it to be um purchased or acquired through other means yeah. and especially i feel like we need to we need to pursue the physical avenue more and upholding the integrity of media and the physicality of that yeah because i think that's so important for um uh film preservation in the future and for people to watch films in the best possible quality because here in australia we know our, our internet cannot be compared to other countries and i think that i put in my 4k discs and i see a wildly different um experience than when i put in um the uh, when i put on a 4k stream it's just a different experience yeah. yeah let's run through some of these um so disney invested 1.5 billion in an equity stake in epic games so that will see um things like fortnite and yeah. those sort of games having a much larger Disney presence. Yeah. I'm assuming the inclusion of characters and even storylines and things like that
1: related to Disney. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure what they're going to be doing with it. I can't, I mean, obviously Epic Games is going <laughs> primarily for Fortnite. Yes. Um, and that game's still kicking it, all, all the power to on. Um, so yeah, I'm not entirely sure what you know the stakes will entail, I think. I mean, it's also confusing as well because um, obviously Fortnite has such a large character list. Like they've got, it's not just Disney Studios. They've got characters from, um, like DC. That's not Disney. That's uh, no, whatever other company. <laughs> yeah, Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers. Yeah, yeah, um, they've got like other game franchises and stuff like that. So I think it will be interesting to see what Disney wants to do with it. What I've heard is to try to create a, a digital world to whatever extent. Sure, that can be possible. Or what they mean by that, I don't know. Yeah,
0: there was a game, but wasn't it an Xbox game where you used to be able to buy the characters and put them on the platform?
1: Yes. And- Skyland, we were talking about Skylanders our fair, yeah. But yeah, no, there was like a Disney version of that. Um, I'm not sure how well it did. I mean, it could make money. You sell a character for $20 a piece, and then that's how you have to progress in the game. I mean, don't worry about microtransactions. You've got some physical transactions there. Yeah. Um, But no, it'll be, it'll be certainly interesting to see where it goes. I mean, as I said, I mean, Epic Games is killing it right now. Um, Just, just Fortnite alone, so to see if they make a new game perhaps um or if they just expand the the Fortnite IP outwards to the shop sure. include more um and make the game bigger I mean it could be impressive um mm-hmm. to see what they can do with that. Disney like exclusive things in Fortnite so I, I don't know if you remember from like when there was the Infinity War movies coming out they did the yeah. Infinity War um Thanos was in the game Yeah yeah they did they did things like that I mean I haven't I haven't played in a hot minute uh but yeah they they did have some some events I think it's what they call them events for for Disney exclusive stuff. So, um, I don't know if that'll be the type of line they go into, but I mean, they're, they're already doing that. So I imagine the, mm. the money they're putting in is for something a little bit cooler, more grand.
0: Yeah. Well, they've they already confirmed that we have multiple games coming out by other studios related to Marvel. I believe there's a Captain America and Black Panther game, uh, Iron Man, and obviously the Wolverine, um, yeah. for, for PS, um, for PS players. Yeah. And I think, I think Bob is really interested in the, um, the the gaming side of things and success of that i mean we've just seen the avatar game come out this year as all last year now um that game came out this year and uh, sorry last year and um i i do see that this incredibly massive i mean 1.5 billion us dollars in epic games is, is a massive investment and i see that uh disney's involvement in gaming is only going to increase and i see that um not only that, but I heard DC is also interested in the same sort of things, pursuing gaming Um, in relation to their... Well, yeah, they, they've had the Suicide Squad game drop. They did. Um,
1: not well received, but that's right. okay. Yeah, I have not had a chance to get my hands on that game yet. I haven't played it either. I just, I know people weren't too keen on the gameplay itself. Sure. Well, apparently the, the storyline... I've heard mixed reviews about the storyline. Some people say, like, some of the cut are they are funny and, and good to engage with. Some people are saying it's, it's all crap. But, um... But they, I think they're doing like a, a season of it, like where they, they introduce new story. Interesting. Add to the longevity of it. Yeah. Um, but just given out, it's been immediately received. I, I don't think it's going to last too long unless they, yeah, yeah really want to invest some time and money into it. Um, Totally. Oh, yeah, that's that's the the games, I suppose. But then we could talk about the other the movies coming out. So you got some yeah sequels. I, I do as well. Talk about yeah on the same lane as Moana. We started this. Let's do
0: that. So let's talk about the fact that Zootopia Two is coming in November two thousand and twenty five. Yeah, I think that's really exciting. Um, I think Toy Story Five in two thousand twenty six. That's the one I'm not entirely sure on. I d- I don't know. If Toy Story, as someone who's seen all of them, we grew up with them. I feel I feel like that was the time when we were when we were kids, and I absolutely think the Toy Story films were a success, incredibly um, amazing in what they achieved yeah. when they came out. But I think five Toy Story movies, they're, they're definitely going to appeal to the the children now. We're probably yeah. beyond the age.
1: Is, is it? It's one well, of those I haven't seen the fourth Toy Story. I'm okay. I have. So, yeah, I've seen the first three. Obviously, they were in my youth a little bit more. Yeah. Um, Is it just one of those things though, that I feel like kids might struggle to watch some of the more original Toy Stories because no offense, the quality, considering our current time, it's not quite the same as it used to be. Absolutely. absolutely. Even if I watch the original Toy Story now, I'm, I'm being hung on by nostalgia a fair bit to overlook some of the animation quality. I mean, I do
0: love how Andy's friends are just different. Yeah. uh, Just uh, (laughs) multiple Andy. And the thing was, that's totally coming down to the the technology at the time. And it's what they managed to pull off that you don't notice it until you notice it. Mm.
1: But it's, and it's still an incredible film. It doesn't um, disrupt it in any way, but you're absolutely right. And, um, yeah. So I, I do wonder if like, if I can't say that they're making this for our generation as much because sure. I didn't even see the fourth one. I know I'm going to speak for everyone, but yeah, I'm not rushing to see another Toy Story film. Mm. Um, the the storyline kind of concluded for me at the third one. I didn't feel like there was much more to so, say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in that regard, and that's one of the times that I think it might be better to to invest into a new IP, make a new story, make some new characters. I mean, if you can find something as successful as Toy Story, I mean, uh, we got another one listed here, Frozen Three. See so yeah. to Frozen. Frozen Three. Obviously, those films have been fantastically received, and and the the kids at now times they they love those films. They think they're fantastic. Yeah. Um. But you know, fifteen years down the line, do we want to see it Frozen sixteen? Like, I feel like you'll get to a certain point with any IP where. You don't need to tell any more stories with the people. Have spent their time with it. Um, mm-hmm. Kids have grown up with it, but you're just making films for the for the new kids of the generation. And I feel like they deserve new stories.
0: I agree, and that's why I really feel like this this announcement from Disney. Whilst it's in, it is incredibly exciting what they're doing in terms of um, investing in their streaming servers and pursuing a wide variety of films uh, across all their IPs, and and we'll get onto some of the other franchises that they have and the films they're developing there. I do feel like. Um, it, it it comes down to the fact that their their more recent new IPs have not been as successful as their sequels yeah. and things like that where you look at elementals and the fact that really did have a great box office run in the end it, it was one of those it had a very low opening and yeah. then it really picked up steam as word of mouth got around about it mm. but it's just there's nothing that will compare to the box office numbers that these films going to open with yeah um and i think that this this Announcement by Disney is very much a short-term plan to recover some of the the losses that they've had in recent years, such as the Indiana Jones film not being wildly successful in terms of box office. Um, the only really successful but uh, Disney
1: film from last year, I believe, was Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. They like they had um the Marvels come out end of the year. Yeah, a lick. I didn't hear a lick about that movie except that it was well
0: received. No, and it, it did, and it, it unfortunately didn't make a lot of money. And I do say that because I really want to see the mcu turn around and i want to see um the creativity and the incredible filmmaking in these films um become well received and find an audience with not only people who are massive fans of iron man and the original sort of mcu but also new fans who are really sort of becoming into the superhero genre now because whilst the superhero genre is really going downhill and is sort of becoming um taken over by other sort of stories yeah the there is new people coming into the superhero um market and i feel like marvel and disney have the ability to go in a new direction and I, i i see them doing that but unfortunately films like the marvels at the end of last year didn't quite hit the mark
1: yeah, I don't want to cut you off talking about. It. No, no, be serious. I think we'll come back to it before we have a discussion about the new boys trailer. So yeah, we'll come back to that later. Absolutely. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about the alien film or Percy Jackson. That's what you got. To read. I
0: did. Yeah, I did. I didn't want to talk too much about Percy Jackson, to be honest. But I just wanted to inform our listeners that the Percy Jackson season two has been confirmed and it's going to be, um, continued by Disney. Mm-hmm. I think I had a lot more thoughts on the fact that Alien Romulus has been confirmed. So the- the, that's the name of the film initially. It was just knowing that an alien sequel is going to come out, but it's, yeah, but now it's, it's confirmed it's going to be called Alien Romulus. And what really excites me is that Ridley Scott has apparently approved of it and approved of the idea. And I think it's got a really interesting cast and crew behind it. And I'm really excited to see what they do with, with that. I know, um, the director has been known for making, I think some more independent horror films, I believe. I can't quite remember off the top of my head, but I'm, very excited for um, that film because as a fan of the Alien franchise, I know it, it its it goes against everything we just said where they just keep producing sequels and things, but I think Alien's one of those where um, they are sort of, if, if each film can be different in terms of setting or ideas, because some of the Alien films have a lot of incredible ideas. So his name is, apologies if I'm saying it wrong, Fade Alvarez. And he has other films like the 2013 Evil Dead, brutal film. Yeah. Um, Don't Breathe and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The remake, yeah, 2022. So that could be really interesting. I mean, Evil Dead 2013 is considered a really good remake. Yeah. Um, and Don't Breathe, I heard, was quite successful as well.
1: Yeah, it, it wasn't bad. It was. It was. Yeah. yeah. It was a fine horror film. Um, I wasn't too uh, keen on the Texas Chainsaw, um, just because I think the originals. Um, A really good indie, indie horror film. And I think sometimes you've got to let uh, originals stay as they are as much as they might be. Um, not age as well as they could. But yeah, I, I really stand by the original. But um, that's not to take away what he might do for the alien. Yeah. I think there's obviously an opportunity there. Um, And I'll be keen to go, go see it when it comes to cinemas. Um, But yeah, I think for the time being, the fact that Ridley Scott says he's enthused for it, that's always yeah. good news as well. Totally. And the
0: last thing we'll say about the Disney announcements is that Mandalorian and Grogu is coming to theatres in 2026. Oh, it's a movie. It is a movie, okay. and it's coming to theatres as well, which really excites me. So Mandalorian is finally getting off just the Disney Plus platform, and we're going to be able to see him and Grogu on the big screen. So I'm really, really excited for that. Yeah. Um, I think the the Mandalorian has been one of the better pieces of uh, Star Wars that has come out since the Disney acquisition, and I feel like Mandalorian and Grogu could be a really fun experience in the theatres.
1: Yeah, Um, I only watched it the first season, okay? Right, you're definitely gonna to have to change that, Toby. I don't know. Yeah, I I struggle with some of the the newer Star Wars uh, content just because I feel like the the world that they built, I mean, the galaxy by technicality that they have built is very really interesting. It's interesting one, and I I won't take away from that by saying much. But sometimes I feel like some of the stories that they tell seem unnecessary. Like the the Boba Fett show. I mean, I only watched the last episode. Um, right, and it was yeah, it was interesting to say the least. I thought it was just mm. kind of like from home i know what he was dead like that the yeah. character was dead yeah yeah, yeah. and still, while they're bringing someone back um just no like i'm mean, there not sure and i mean like people might enjoy it and people love the the universe so like i don't think it's necessarily terrible to say they can't keep producing content for it um but just i feel like they're rushing a lot of stuff like you saw yeah. the sequels just like the mainline sequel films they weren't hugely well received um, and I know the Boba Fett show wasn't all that well received. I know you you stand by and love is it Andor.
0: Yes, Andor's a fantality. I recommend that to everyone.
1: Yeah. So when when they're producing like good quality stuff like that, I, I'm all for it. But I think sometimes they're they're rushing some content and it's it's taking away from the universe itself. Um, uh, taking away from sort of the magic behind Star Wars that I think a lot of people love. And I, I say that not being a huge Star Wars fan. So some people might completely disagree with me and be like, oh, it's brilliant. I love I love the fact that there's a billion things I can watch Star Wars related. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, that's just my, my personal opinion on it and look, maybe I will grind through the rest of the Mandalorian to watch the film, but if, if people are loving a show and wanting to go see the film, absolutely go do it. Yes, totally. I, I, I couldn't mm-hmm. agree
0: more. Um, let's get into some of the other news and this is for mainly for the Australian listeners, but anyone overseas might be interested in this as well, that we had the 13th actor awards, uh, recently and we'll just talk about some of the major winners but basically um it was a sweep by talk to me yeah a fantastic yeah. film uh, really enjoyable it won categories including best film best original score best editing best lead actress which I'm really glad about I yeah, think wow. the performances were fantastic yep. best direction and of course best screenplay um and i think it's safe to say that you and i were massive fans of this film
1: yeah i actually only watched it uh i guess this week i watched it Monday oh really you were I think I watched it in perfect conditions as well. It was like twelve when we started it. Yeah. Um. So like pitch black night, light mm-hmm. night horror film. Yeah. Which was it was a good good watching experience. I was watching it with the mates as well, which also always helps watching a horror film because you can be scared, but yes, just crack some jokes in the middle of it. It was generally like a a good, like creepy environment. It was. It was. Film was well made. Some of the dialogue, once again, I sometimes I get taken out. What is an Australian accent like immediately in a film? Sure. I got over it in like two minutes for this film. I think it's really good. Um. And I also just think, one of my, my criticisms, I suppose, is that it felt like some of the scenes were just a little bit jumpy, um, as in, like, they rushed it. But I guess, like, when you don't have a huge investment into this film, yeah. as compared to, like, some of the blockbuster horror films you're seeing from America, um, you kind of got to rush some of the dialogue and stuff like that because you want to keep to the action. Uh, but I thought the scares were brilliant. Mm. The plot was, like, um, creepy. And actually, that kind of stuck with me that night, even I was kind of like, oh, that's a bit weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's, it's just, I thought it was a really good film. And coming out of Australia, I'm, I'm really proud to... To say that it came from Australia. Yeah, the film is, is going to, if it continues like that, we're going to see some good films coming from.
0: Absolutely. And I think it's incredible how it's found a market overseas and that yeah. Australian film, not that this hasn't happened before, there's been some amazing um, Australian films, but especially this one has found a general audience in the, in the US, yeah. not just uh, world cinema lovers and people like that, but general audiences yeah. going to the theatre to see a horror film and many people i'm sure not even knowing that it was an australian film and go in and are really blown away by how impressive the filmmaking is and i think that comes down to the the directors the actors the entire cast and crew behind that film should be immensely proud with their entire um production and they deserved all the awards that they, yeah no, um, it was really happy actor awards in film um speaking of award shows i think we should talk about the new announcements by the oscars so, we are definitely in the middle of awards season. I know I follow this a lot more than you do, but um, I like to follow the awards quite closely. Yeah. And the Oscars, um, in the build-up to this year's Oscars, but for next year and beyond, they are adding a best casting category. Yeah. So, I, I have a lot of things to say about this. Don't think it's what we needed.
1: Yeah. Um, I wonder if it's one of those things where it's just that some films that are getting snubbed. Yes. From other categories having mm. really good casting. I think one example we could use is Barbie. The buck bar- yeah. casting was fantastic. It was. Um Tremend- and in that regard, perhaps it would have stood a better chance as compared to films that are like a little bit more dramatic. Um mm. and you know, your usual Oscar picks. Yeah. Um so in that sense, like you get the acclaims that you deserve for a film, um, when compared to like this really, you know, well, made masterpieces yes absolutely but yeah I, I agree with you when you're saying like some of the categories that they're missing that i think would be better
0: yeah i think for me sorry to cut no no no. You, but i think um best stunts is absolutely a necessity yeah. at this point i mean some of the the stun work that is being put into to franchises and films like john wick um the equalizer a lot of these incredible stunt action what yeah it's, the the the, the stun work in mission impossible i mean these these stunts by themselves can sell a film i mean the entire mission impossible yeah, it was just the marketing was the drive off the clip and i just think the fact that we're not recognizing the work that some performers put into that um those action set pieces is a massive uh flaw in, in the in the inter- and this is not just directed at the oscars it's directed to all the awards ceremonies where I think stunt work is absolutely an art form that needs to be appreciated by the Academy. Yeah. Um and I think that goes with voice acting as well. I think we're, we're remiss to look over voice acting because some of the performances that actors have given in in the voice acting category um has been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And um I see animation with the success of The Boy and the Heron, Boy, Heron and Spider-Verse and the Disney Pixar films. These are incredible performances, and the fact that we're not recognising them, I think, is another um, flaw in the in the um, awards um, yeah, sector. I can agree with that. Right.
1: Well, yeah, but you just need to see how it goes and yeah. it's received um, coming in through next year. I mean, I don't mm. know. Um, obviously, we're not seeing as many other films just yet for the Oscars next yes. year. Um, mm. But I think it would definitely make maybe like, is that a good cast for us?
0: Yes, uh, I totally agree. Well, because I was thinking about it and I went, what if they added it this year? Who would be nominated? Who would win? And I just realised... The answer is Oppenheimer all the way through. I mean, you have some of the best actors and actresses working in Hollywood today in that film, all delivering incredible performances. I mean, Emily Blunt, Robert Daddy Jr., Killian Murphy, Florence Pugh. I mean, you've got an incredible cast. You don't think um, Barbie would? I absolutely think it would be nominated because, I mean, Margot Robbie um, herself, Ryan Gosling and all the Kens and Barbies in that film were insanely good Um, and all delivered a lot to the role. And it's great to see some of the actors um finding other roles um beyond that. And I love how the cast of sex education had a made involvement in that film as well. But I do think it would have, it would go to Oppenheimer this year. Yeah. But I am very curious, um, going into the new year, how um the Oscars are going to define um the nominations for best casting. because I, I think yeah. I mean, just from the look of it, June two would absolutely be a consideration at yeah. this point. Yeah. Um, it it, it could have not. It, I mean, on paper, that is a, a, a cast most directors would dream of, and I'm sure Denis is so appreciative of the
1: talent of, he gets to work Yeah, a lot of young talent coming through as well. Boy, Hoda, a brilliant, like Florence, who's going crazy right now. She's, yeah, she's so much Zendaya. Zendaya. Oh, it's a June. And she's, oh, Challenges. Like two films that she's borderline starring in. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. she's doing fantastic for herself.
0: Killian Murphy has announced he's going to be a new film for Netflix as well. So he's, he's going, um, yeah. got some projects in, in the works.
1: Yeah. Tim, Timothy Chalamet as well. Oh, he did well, Carl.
0: I mean, he's had an impressive run recently. I mean, Absolutely. The, he's a busy guy. He is a busy guy. Yeah. He was in like, what, three, four films last year? Yeah. I mean, incredible, incredible performances and all as well. Yeah. I think that that's a, uh, an all-star cast and I can't wait to see what the nominations are for next year, and you're right, it would definitely be on my mind a bit more now that yeah. that um has been announced.
1: Yeah, no, that's um, it's certainly an interesting thing to to talk about though. um, and yeah, we'll see how it goes. Where maybe people will hate it and be like, "This is such a stupid award," and they'll mm-hmm. and bomb it. Out.
0: <laughs> yes, totally, totally. Um, I think we'll, shall we move on some of the other major news of the week? Yeah. Um, we probably don't have to go into these ones in as much depth, but Johnny English Four has begun filming. And it will be filmed in the UK and Malta later this year. So for Johnny English fans, that's exciting news. Um, I, as a person who is a, is a fan of those films, I'm excited for that. Yep. Uh, Dan Trachtenberg will direct a new Predator movie called Badlands. And this is off the success of his 2022 film Prey, which you and I are massive fans. Yeah. Prey was was a fantastic film.
1: really, Really good film. Really good way to, um, like keep the, the Predator franchise relevant. Um, I think it's this is what I was talking about before. It's really difficult to have a story um, like Predator set in <clears throat> in a more modern world. Um, just because my, my logic is always that like Predator comes down, lands, and then it's like you have to find so many different forms of exposition to explain why they're not just getting attacked by the army. <laughs> yeah. Realistically, like you'd, you'd land in America because it would be America, of course. Of course. Um, and then it's like, oh, they've got camouflage so they can't be detected by satellite. They They got. Electromagnets that stopped from from working. It felt like cool. you got to push in all this exposition for as prey. It was just like an isolated area. Mm. Really good story, um, and I, I think I also said it was really good representation that that felt really organic. Yeah. because yeah. it was set um, in in a place that would make sense for the cast to be who they were. Mm. Um, and then it was also they had it in the traditional language. They did. Yeah, so, they had a, that a way you can watch. Them. Um, yep. Really fantastic uh, representation that I think more people can. It, yeah. Obviously, people are always antsy about the the way that Disney and films in general do mm. our representation, but I feel like you can't be mad if it makes perfect sense for the story. Like, Oh, I mean, I, I, I
0: actually think the the work that we're doing in, uh, sorry, that the studios are doing in terms of trying to add more representation is really great in with the right story. Yeah. I think that this is a case where... The idea of looking at another culture and putting it with this story. Yeah. I mean, just created such a compelling story and <laughs> film to watch.
1: It, it was, was, really amazing. Um, but yeah, no, so I'm really, I'm really interested for that one. I wonder where the Badlands will be set. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yes. I'm curious. That's, um, a bit of a rundown of film news, but we have a lot more to talk about coming up in the show, but we wanted to talk to you about some of the film releases. Um, so for listeners of the show, um, we have some new films coming out this week. We have Madam, Madam Webb which releases on February 14th. So that's already come out at least two, two days ago. Um, look, uh, we haven't seen the film. We can't give our thoughts, but I'm sure you've, you've seen some of the news surrounding it, that it is not being that well received, but again, I'm going to reserve my opinions till I see it. Um, but that is coming out this week. So that is available in theaters for those who want to watch it. And then we also have the Bob Marley biopic, Bob Marley, One Love. So that is also coming out this week as well. Um. Again, I've heard it I've heard it's a solid biopic, but um it, it hasn't quite reached the heights I think some of the other biopics like Elvis, Rocketman and uh Bohemian Rhapsody has. I just don't feel like it's connecting with people quite as much as those did in, and especially with the media. The, I I didn't see as much
1: um advertisement if any no. advertisement for this one. I think small scale film. When Elvis was coming out, obviously there was huge PR for yeah one. Um Bohemian Rhapsody was the same way. Yeah. But yeah, these some of these films these biopics um, um they're just getting a lot of pr around them and that's definitely helping them be more successful but um yeah i don't i, I obviously i have to see the bob marley one to to have an opinion on it yeah um it's just not te- uh like something that might interest me as much i think that's maybe why i heard right. about it sure um that's me with biopics in general that i think i struggle with a lot of them Um, just because I, I don't find the content as interesting necessarily. If I want to learn about a person, I can always read about them online. Sure. Um, I mean, I do sound like it a very interesting life from my understanding. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things that I'll definitely have to see before I can Mm. make a good decision about whether or not it's worth watching.
0: I mean, I've heard the performance by Kingsley, Ben Adir, who we've just recently seen in Barbie. Yeah. Um, he apparently delivers an absolutely incredible performance. I've heard the music's really great, and um, the film also tackles a lot of issues and goes into a deeper side of Bob Marley's life. I think it doesn't do his entire life. I think it is isolated. It's quite a specific part of his career, Um, and I think that that can be a really good way of doing it where you don't want to... You're trying to combine the whole of someone's life, especially... Someone like Bob Marley, who was so influential yeah. and trying to compact that into a two to three hour film is, is impossible. So I think going into a certain aspect of his life in a lot of detail can be a really powerful way of doing it. Yep. I personally, I know this is controversial, but I felt that with Maestro, um, and I feel like looking at a specific part of his life was a really, um, powerful way of doing it. Yeah. You know, some people were disappointed that it didn't go into the music side of his life more, but as someone who didn't know a lot about Leonard Bernstein, I thought that, that was a really, um. Interesting way of going about it. And I thought that Bradley Cooper pulled it off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all i say about Bob Molly one love is it is releasing in theaters at the moment and you can go see it at all the theaters near you. So Toby, I think it's time to get into basically the major news of the week. Yep. The thing that everybody is talking about and that we would be remiss as a show to not talk about. And that is the super bowl. Yeah. Absolutely. So obviously that was watched by millions of people around the world. Um, success for the chiefs. Um, and obviously coming with the super bowl you have the film trailers yeah. which you and I as film nerds yeah. are very very interested in yeah um and i think we we have to start with the major um trailer that has been getting the entire um world talking yeah um disney said it's the most watched trailer of all time yeah they they are including viewers of the super bowl in that, um, statistic, but it's safe to say that it, um, this film is generating a lot of publicity, a lot of libe. and, uh, what Ryan Reynolds and Sean Levy, uh, Sean Levy have done with this film is, uh, no short of incredible in terms of marketing and
1: publicity. I have heard that, um, Raya Reynolds is a little bit disappointed with a lot of the leaks coming out.
0: Oh, I think that's because there's been a lot of spoilers and that is something that I think you and I have tried
1: really hard to stay away from. I think they actually didn't try that hard. I think I'm... uh, I mean, we might as well get into talking about the movie itself. Yeah, let's do it. Um, as much as I enjoyed the first Deadpool film, I can't say I'm, like, ridiculously excited. Really? It's not okay. that I'm like, not going to go watch it or anything like that. It's just that... Sure. I, it's one of those, those films that I think will be an enjoyable watch, but I think the hype is very much around the the people that enjoy, like, comic book interpretations, and they, they really yeah. enjoy this, this, the character of Deadpool. Um and I've once again no issue with it. I actually find quite enjoyable. It's just something that I'm not ridiculously excited about to go see.
0: And the teaser trailer at the Super Bowl didn't get you any more excited for it?
1: Particularly. I it didn't I feel like it didn't show me anything that I didn't really already think was about to happen. I mean they were yeah, I mean we're going to the spoilers from the the ad, if you want to go in with a blind eye, maybe skip a couple of seconds. But um yeah. They had the what was it what's the T B A? The T B A were involved in the trailer. If if anything, that made me little bit more disappointed than excited. Uh, sure, to say that they're—I mean, obviously they had to bring the the Marvel IP and the Sony IPs together to to of the storyline. But um, uh, my my opinion on the Loki show itself and like that that area of Marvel, I, it it doesn't doesn't excite me as a sub. Okay. I think it's I think it's I guess it's a necessary way to to progress the story. But um, I don't know. I, I think sometimes you need to have standalone films and just let them be as they are. And I, I think mm-hmm. obviously um Marvel and perhaps Sony as well were really excited to use Deadpool as a means to connect all the stories together. Yeah. Um I mean he's Marvel Jesus. It's- yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um but yeah it's it's not something that I, I feel like ridiculously excited or even um uh, I feel like I'm just a bit a bit distrusting of it. Sure. I feel like there might okay. be some flaws with how it goes.
0: I I, I differ. I, I won't lie. I'm very excited for this one. I think um as massive fans of both the Deadpool films, to be honest, I found them both really entertaining, enjoyable films, and um, I love the idea of Sean Levy coming in as director. I think he's a great choice, and his style of filmmaking and comedy, uh, blends with the um Deadpool uh, tone. And I think you know his other films for listeners who don't know, um, his other films include Free Guy, Real Steel, Night at the Museum, and The Adams Project.
1: Um, yeah. So my my question was that is that you said that Sean Levy was a good director for the comedy style of Deadpool. Um, yeah, I feel like the, the films you've listed there are perhaps a little bit more... A child and child friendly Yeah, yeah, family-friendly humour in that sense. And the way right. that the films aren't good or that Sean Levy won't do a good job, um, I, I just think that the Deadpool comedy, at least for the original one for me, was a lot you know, more adult in theme. Yes. Yeah, um, and not to say that the, the advertisement showed really childish humour. No, it didn't. And didn't. But yeah, I'll be interested to see then why you would think that his direction style would work with Deadpool?
0: I, I think that Sean Levy has a certain tone in terms of humour that, yes, at the moment, he's done a lot of child-friendly films, you know, not at the museum, especially Real Steel Free Guy. These are all um, M-rated films. They're not um, R-rated. Um, and they're, and they are they are to a different audience than you're necessarily going to get with Deadpool. But I think his way of filming action his way of um developing a story and an interesting character that is um sort of fantastical in nature i mean free guy itself is filmed in a in a a video game and i just think deadpool is this large in life character that you know ryan reynolds absolutely just encapsulates um I think that Sean Levy is a really interesting choice and can do a lot with the role. I think he has this this life and energy in his films that really matched out of Deadpool because Deadpool is an energetic film. You're never bored in Deadpool movie, no matter if you see it for the first time or the tenth time. Yeah that that film just has an energy about it that no one can can doubt. Um, and Sean Levy, I feel like, will bring that energy to the film.
1: Yeah, sure. No, that's that's a fair analysis, I suppose. So for our listeners, um,
0: the teaser trailer um, told us that it's going to be released on July 26th in, in theaters. So that's another thing to look forward to seeing in theaters. We are going to talk about the rest of the Super Bowl announcements and trailers. Yeah. Um, I think the other major um, announcement slash trailer was Twisters, which is directed by Lee Isaac Chung, whose other films include Minari, which was a 2028-24 film, a beautiful film, But it's safe to say uh that is a wildly different film than Twisters, which is about tornadoes. Yeah. Um What what are your thoughts on
1: Twisters? I'm keen. I'm really keen. Yeah. Um I never like it's a very you film. Yeah, I never saw the original. Um, mainly because I had like a crippling fear of natural disasters when I was a child. We don't live in Melbourne, so I was for whatever reason terrified (laughs) that a tsunami would somehow get through the heads and just kill us. Because Australia is known in tsunamis. (laughs) We're known for tsunamis. I mean, (laughs) <laughs> I think we, all we got to worry about is bushfires and we live in like wherever so yeah. you yeah know, um but yeah for whatever reason and I have like a fascination with Tornado alley in America oh, I also got bored yeah um so uh my mum said I'd love the film but I was always too scared to watch it so have you ever seen one Tornado? tornado? yeah and I had a lot yeah really yeah I have um I've seen an Australian tornado so like you like them get them? that's what I mean it's like that's what I saw <laughs> that's gonna <be> fair, <laughs> thanks for ruining that but <laughs> yeah I, I
0: did see one of those
1: little ones it was massive yeah about no. a whole meter square <laughs> Yeah, it's a, yeah, it blew a dustbin over. Okay, <laughs> we had some we had some horrific uh, wind the other day. Oh, we did. Yeah. yeah. So you never know. Yeah. This is part of a major marketing
0: yep. run by uh, uh, Universal and WB. They're like, let's get wind around here. Yeah, we'll we get people that we get on.
1: Yeah, whenever whenever I feel wind, I'm like, oh, Twisted
0: Twisted's coming out. Yeah, yeah. gotta
1: check that one out. Um, but you know, I'm i really keen for it. Um, I mean, the the advertisement like it was it was a good ad the only thing that got me a little bit was like the plot seems a little bit like science fiction, a bit too much from what I understand about the original one. You mean a film about
0: giant tornadoes and yeah,
1: yeah. no, 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 no. I, don't... I mean, like, I, I think conceptually, tornadoes in themselves are scary enough. And I oh, they are. plot around? I can't remember what the original one's about. Um, but yeah, like I think in the ad they had like some technology where they were trying to stop a tornado. Mm. Um, my question is why?
0: <laughs> yeah
1: doing that i mean like I, I guess it's you know the sense of like we got to protect the world from natural disasters and stuff like yeah, that but um yeah I, the, i'm sure the plot won't ruin it yeah um, who's who's the lead in this one it's it's daisy edgar jones glenn powell he was in um he was a bit of a the film. devotion with um jonathan majors no. and he's also in anyone but you i just i've only seen him in top gun and he was a very dislikable character um so maybe he'll be different you know like when the, when you see a character who plays like a dick one time and you just associate that character with him
0: that's right <laughs> or is that just he was an amazing actor in top <laughs> <laughs> yeah he did yeah
1: yeah he achieves what you needed i am i'm am excited really excited for twister just just because i as i said i brought like this i don't know obsession with natural disasters it's, yeah and i did as a child which i think will will be good to watch on the, the big screen
0: yeah and i think i'll I, beyond just the cast, which I think excites me by myself, Glenn Powell, Daisy Edgar-Jones, A.P. Ramos, and I uh, apologize if I'm saying this wrong, um, Maura Tierney, who was in The Iron Claw. Um, th- I think the film, conceptually, whilst it's probably going to be quite basic of a plot, the idea of seeing tornadoes with the updated um, yeah. visual effects and production values of, of what we have now, I think it's a, re- it's a film that can be remade now or you know, and if it's not remade, but a sequel to it. Yeah. And can um kind of deliver that 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 shock and fear that um the original did for a lot of people. Yeah. And another thing that really excites me is this is going to be an IMAX release. So I think that as a as um Toby knows, um I know our listeners don't, but I am a huge IMAX supporter and I love what they've done with the um the format. Um, what Nolan has done and, um, we're going to get June part two, which we've already uh, got yeah. tickets to. Um, I think that twisters on IMAX will be a incredible experience. We'll be really excited to see that. Um, so for our uh, listeners, it is coming to theaters and IMAX in July. So that's something we can look forward to for the rest of this year. Nice. Um, this one it I, would say to say I don't think you and I are, um, really are the people through this is going to appeal to, but. Um, Knuckles, um, six part series, um, of the character Knuckles from the Sonic franchise is coming to Paramount+. There's going to be a TV miniseries starring Idris Elba, Adam Parley, and Kid Cudi.
1: What <laughs> cast.
0: It's <laughs> <These laughs> incredible. Great. Yeah, I believe Idris Elba is Knuckles. Um, and he played Knuckles in the movie? I haven't seen the one with Knuckles. Uh, but it's going to be streaming on April 26th. So that's Paramount+. Um, that that is coming to six part series. Yeah. Um, I I know that the the Sonic franchise has its supporters and is successful. Yeah. Um, personally, does it? Doesn't, it doesn't necessarily excite me. I, I appreciate the films and I do find them really enjoyable. But um, they are, uh, it's it's not necessarily a series that is going to make me invest in Paramount Plus because that's what I don't have. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's enough to to make me go to it. But I think that um, for subscribers and. For fans of the Sonic franchise, it's a great move by Paramount. Yeah, something
1: for sure. It, it, it is Idris Elba. We it is Idris Elba. Yeah. Um, which is so funny to me.
0: Yeah. Um, and in the, the trailer does look really fun. I think yeah. for those who are fans of the Sonic it's films, funny. it is going to absolutely be an uh, yeah. a really fun ride. Yeah. And especially with people like Kid Cudi and um, people like that in it and, and Idris Elba. Yeah. It's just going to be
1: a, a lot of fun. So random. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so no, uh, I mean, yeah, if you if you love love the franchise, um, it could be worthwhile to watch. I actually don't know how it's received from like hardcore Sonic fans.
0: I believe I believe it's it's well received, and especially after I mean the controversy that surrounded the first film when it, before it came out, where the it's it's, it's the first time I've ever seen yeah. an audience, and I don't mean this in in a bad way, but bullied the video into completely redesigned the characters. Honestly. Thank goodness. Could you imagine? I know. I, I, I do think that the new the new design was absolutely the right way to go. And I think given how many films we're getting and per, per, I've heard the performances by Jim Carrey and is is really enjoyable as well. Yeah. Um I absolutely see this this show being successful on the streaming platform. Um let's move on to a film I'm really excited for. This is one that I know is is it's it's getting mixed press, but I think a lot of people are also sharing my my thoughts on it being really exciting. But that is the fool guy. So we got a very very brief um teaser um of that during the Super Bowl. But um, it's called the fool guy, and it's directed by David Leach, whose other films I mean, gosh, where do you start? I mean, co-direct John Wick, yeah. Atomic Blonde, Deadpool two, Hobbs and Shaw, Bullet Train. Some of the definitive action films of, of this generation. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's starring Emily Blunt, Ryan Gosling, Winston Duke, um,
1: Stephanie Zo. um, it, it's it's. It, it, it has the potential to be a uh, joint. It certainly does. I from the advertisement, I was a little bit sceptical, but yeah, it's to be fair, it was the exact same way that I felt about Bullet Train. I that
0: film. Yes, I
1: felt the same way. It seems like an odd film to make. Yeah, set on a bullet train. Yeah, I we've seen this before. So yeah, funny. So it's we're, so really, a funny film. Yeah. yeah, like look, not not like revolutionary in the the story that are telling. No, yeah. um, look, I'll I'll reserve my feelings towards it until I see it. It could be funny. Okay. There's a chance that it's like Hops and Shaw a little bit more on right. like the not as good end, I suppose, as compared to something like bullet train. So you've got know, your highs you got your, your middle class type of stuff. But, um, I mean, Ryan Gosling, oh, you know, killing it at the moment, he's, he's, famous. Famous. He's, well, he's doing really well. Yeah. A funny guy. Yeah. Emily
0: Blunt as well. I mean, their chemistry should be amazing. You know what I mean? They're two uh, incredible leading actors and actresses in Hollywood. Yeah. Um. That is coming on May 3rd, and it's being distributed by Universal, and that is also getting an IMAX release, as far as I'm aware. Um, this, is, it, it, I mean, subject to change, IMAX can... It doesn't necessarily mean it's filmed with IMAX cameras yeah. and things like that, but it's absolutely going to be available for people on IMAX, and it is yeah, coming to theatres <laughs> on May 3rd. Um, this is probably one of the biggest trailers that came out of the Super Bowl, besides Deadpool. Interesting one. Interesting one. I can't believe quite how big um this film is expected to be and how it's a part one. one. It is a part one. Just it's wicked. wicked. And we've given it away. It is kids, you guys. Yeah. I mean, we we try build Suspense Safe it. to say we're we're getting better at that as we go, but or maybe we're not. Who knows? Um but it is Wicked, who which is directed by John M. Chu. Yeah. His other films include Crazy Rich Asians and yeah. In the Heights. I mean Crazy Rich Asians was a cultural phenomenon when it came out. Yeah. I mean it really it. There is a lot. stunning film. It was a stunning film, yeah, and But I don't know if that was just
1: the environment. Perhaps. I, mean,
0: it was... I think it holds up. I've seen it multiple times, and it the comedy um, works. The characters are interesting, yep. and it's one of those films you can easily rewatch
1: many, yeah. many times. It is um, it is interesting though, because Crazy Rich Asians is an interpretation of a novel, from my understanding, right? And Wicked is obviously a, a play show, a you know, yeah, um, musical. suppose. Yep. So it will be interesting to see how because he obviously interpreted crazy rotations. From my understanding, it's a little bit different. Sure, in some respects, but still a well received movie. Um but I think the diehard fans of yeah, could be a little bit more strict with how they want their their beloved show to be interpreted. So it'll be interesting to see uh how, how I guess all the, the movie makers do with uh, I
0: think I think John m Chu was a great choice. I think mean, he could do a lot with it. His films are a bit like David Leach, some of the other directors on this list, um like Sean Levy he has a really good energy to him, and, and, and the films he makes are really sort of, I think they're very much for a wide audience. They're really enjoyable to a lot of people. Um, I believe In the Heights is a musical, so I think he has had experience with musicals in the past. Um, it is releasing on Thanksgiving, and it is, as Toby said, a part one of two, with part two expected in 2025. It's so quite quick turnaround. Okay. It is coming to theaters and IMAX. So it is going to be a massive IMAX release. Yeah, a CG film directly. I do. Ha- this is probably the trailer I have the most criticism for. Okay, because um, I don't think the visuals entice me as much as the idea of the, uh, of Wicked being adapted to film. Yeah, because I think from what I've heard, it it, can, it is a film that can translate to cinema, and it and it does have a lot of really important characters, yeah. really interesting uh, plot points, but. What makes me nervous is one; they seem to be really hiding the fact that it's a musical. I mean, in the trailer, you don't see anyone saying. Yeah, that it, it's continuing Hollywood's trend at the moment of hiding the M- fact. M- then M- their <laughs> film and Wonka and films mm-hmm. like that that they're hiding the fact that these films in their marketing that are musicals. And don't get me wrong, this is only a teaser trailer. I'm sure we'll get another trailer coming out later this um, this year. But um, that uh, that's the one part that made me a bit nervous was. I wasn't blown away with the visuals and the look of it. Um, I, am not saying that again, it's a teaser trailer that could absolutely change. And, and most of the time in these trailers, CGI is not finalized and yeah, like yeah. as well. Um, and especially the give you an IMAX release, they must trust in the visuals, um, and the, and the audio to it. Yeah. But, um, and the fact that, yeah, they are hiding the fact that it's a musical. Cause I feel like, um, again, they're trying to appeal to an audience that again, they, well, um, studios are hiding the fact that, that these films are musicals and then people are getting in and you know, I mean have you seen some of the reactions to Wonka when he starts seeing him. Yeah. I mean, I'm not and again, a lot of people enjoy Wonka and a lot of people enjoyed um the the other musicals that have Wayne out. Girl was Mean Girls was Exactly. And these films have done I mean Wonka's been really um critically acclaimed yeah. and um people are really enjoying that film. But I just think that it's interesting that they're still going for that with Wicked, which is an adaptation of a musical yeah. and I think that's the interesting part where are they appealing to fans of the pl- of the 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 musical they show, or are they trying to bring in new viewers? That's what I'm not sure on. Who do you think their audience is? I uh, I don't know.
1: I I feel like any time that you do a musical in this respect, or like go over to an existing IP, you you're gonna inevitably going to bring in some of the original fans. Like yeah, whether or not you're appealing to them, you're gonna bring them in. And I feel like if you're not considering that. You're doing something wrong. Yeah, I mean, you look at the Mean Girls. The people that loved the film, like the original film, probably weren't as big as a fan of the movie because it was a musical. But Mean Girls was a musical on Broadway. If you go to watch it after that, you might have very much well enjoyed it. Mm. Um, I think the original Mean Girls is hilarious. Mm. Um, and I I thought the the remake was fine. Like I I think that it's weird to compare them as like one of the musical and one's not. The story is consistent enough between the two. Um, and they're, they're different in the respect of like the comedy slightly different. Um, obviously, the musical is a bit more of a modern day one, a little bit more PC considering the time. Yes, um, but yeah, for for a stage show like Wicked, you're not going to have the original Wizard of Oz fans coming out. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get blown away by um, Wicked. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, I think realistically, they should be making it for the musical fans. Yeah. More than anyone else. But that's, then you're also going into the, the casting, I think, if you're talking about the... the yeah, ju- going ju- to the ju- casting. Come on, um, let's t- tell us who there is. So there's there's Ariana Grande, which I think is an interesting one. This will be her first return to, to like a major position in cinema or like TV for, okay. for a while.
0: But I think, um, but... That- would be incredible in terms of the music though i i think that's that's a really great choice in terms of uh yeah from the musical point of
1: view yep but um that's it will be interesting um jeff what's yeah (laughs) yeah i had
0: he he just appears just in everything i i do love um jeff randomly appearing in um um, michelle michelle yo michelle yo i mean brilliant you (laughs) know yeah
1: Toby's a massive fan of Michelle Yeoh, with everything ever at all at once, safely being one of your favourite houses, oh, right? Yeah, she's she's brilliant. So I think it, just just to see her performance, I think it'll go. Um but yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting with, with the cast to see how it goes. And with the part one, um, what are you thinking of? I mean, Spider-Verse did the same thing, or is it part one? Yeah, rather than just I a... mean June did as well. June did as well, yeah. But what are you what are you thinking of all these films splitting themselves in half?
0: I when it's done well, it works. So for, for me, I know a lot of people disagree with this, but I think Dune 1, part 1, works by itself. Yeah. I really do. I feel like it does give a conclusion to the character. Yeah. Um, I won't go into any spoilers as stuff, so I'm not talking about Dune. But um, I feel like the way that that character wraps up and stuff in the end, mm-hmm. it really works. Spider-Verse, and across the Spider-Verse specifically, worked really well until the last two minutes for me. Yeah. Well, the build-up to the end really is an incredible yeah. um, piece of animation. But I don't, I, I know a lot of people love the cliffhanger. I personally didn't. I, I thought that it was, I rewatch it now and it's it's hard because I know that it's going to end. I'm not going to get that for yeah. a while. And don't get me wrong, when I get that part two, it's going to be an incredible watch to yeah. do it all together. But I do think people say, what is your review of Across the Spider-Verse? It's Why like- don't you talk about it?
1: I feel like I can't. Yeah. I really do. It's, it's when you're looking at, uh, I suppose, when you have like a part one, and part two, it's like for a standalone film, you still need those three arcs of you do. film to, to make you feel complete to, to like an extent. You can always bend yeah. around a little bit, but like with a pretty traditional story that you would expect from say yeah. Spider-Man, mm. um, when you're like kind of doing that in the film, but then you have to leave it on a cliffhanger because yeah. that's the part of the film that's meant to be like engaging when you put the two films together. yeah, Like it's the rising intention. And then when you end there, obviously you're going to feel dissatisfied. Own. and i think yeah some people can love the cliffhanger i think people just love
0: and the film is great like it's a you know, incredible film an incredible film genuinely uh, an amazing feat of animation but just that part yeah some people can rewatch that film multiple multiple times yeah. i will always go back to into the spider-verse because i feel like for me yeah. i'm sitting down and watch a film like i get that complete experience yeah. um so with wicked back to what we're talking about i feel like that is how i feel with this where yeah. part one feels like a complete story Um, if it delivers an incredible IMAX experience for me, the music's great. If the acting's great and it delivers a really interesting interpretation of the stage show, I feel like it could be a home run for, um, for the, for the entire team. Yeah. But that, but you're right with the part one or part two is the only part besides necessarily the, the, my opinions on the trailer is what is reserving me from being really excited for it.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, back to Disney again with their sequels, um, the major um announcement by Disney um coming from the Super Bowl was Inside Out 2. Yeah. Now this has already been announced, you sort of know about this for a while. But we sorta of got into a little teaser. I feel like a lot of us are fans of the Kung Fu Panda
1: um trilogy it felt. I'll I'll stand by it. Kung Fu Panda trilogy is one of the best animated trilogies. Yes. You heard it here for it's so good. <laughs> so that's why I'm actually not sure how I feel about a Kung Fu Panda 4. Really? You're not you're not hyped for it? No, usually. I feel like the First of all, the second comes with a better film. brilliant. Yes. The third one is a pretty good conclusion to the story. And I think it was fine or where it was. Um, and sometimes I feel like they're just reaching at things for the sake of continuing an IP. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's good they got Jack Black back. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I think obviously they didn't have him. It wouldn't work. My one that I find interesting, Aquafina is showing up everywhere. Yes. She's
0: been really big with voice acting because she was in the Little Mermaid, I believe. Was she she been voiced one of the, the sea creatures, I believe. I, I'm I'm might be wrong, but that as far as I'm aware, she did.
1: Yeah. So yeah, she's she's popping up everywhere. Um, she is disappointed that it doesn't seem like the uh, like original cast isn't as hugely involved in it for like some of the characters, like Tybris and
0: because they weren't in the teaser one. No, not no, I think they're still a part of it. That no, they're I don't, think, but I think they are trying to build
1: a major part. I don't know if they did a lot of the story in the teaser. My, they didn't go into a lot of it. The secondary major character of the film. Mm. If they give her like a full story arc and stuff like that, even if they do a TV show or something like that, they might do the sure. show to keep content. They could do. Yeah, yeah. I, it's one that like sometimes I think you need a little sleeping dog's life because sure, um, the the film the the, the trilogy that is copy is just find the way it is. So I, mixed mixed feelings about it. Yeah,
0: I know what you mean. So, continuing on our conversation about the Super Bowl trailers, we have If. This film is directed and written by John Krasinski, stars Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Steve Carell, Phoebe Waller Bridge. It's coming to theaters in May 2024 as being distributed by Paramount.
1: Yeah, mass, massive cast for um, what I imagine will be a pretty standard children's film. Um, no. not, to, not to take it away from it, but um, by the looks of it, it looks like it will be big and well-received i think ryan reynolds will definitely bring in um a younger crowd uh yeah. he's you know very popular in um some of the films that he's done recently he was in free guy detective he was in detective pikachu, detective detective pikachu yeah. so yeah i think he's known by kids and i, I imagine he's he's well liked by them for some of the films that he's done so i think ryan reynolds will also be a really good name to attach to that to bring people into a new ip yeah i agree and another teaser trailer we got was
0: A Quiet Place Day 1. So it's looking to be a prequel to the other A Quiet Place films going into the fir- the first day that um, it all began. Yeah. Um, this one is being directed by Michael Sanofsky, who did previous film um, Pick. This one had Nicolas Cage. It stars Joseph Quinn, Jimon Honsu, Lupita Diongo, and Alex Wolfe. And it's going to come to theaters in June. Yeah. So that's that's one I'm quite excited for. Again, a prequel, you know
1: yeah um and also in missing john krasinski has been busy with uh if yeah um, so yeah. that will be interesting to see how they do without him
0: yeah absolutely yeah. those films have been uh you know incredible yeah yes um, good good good, good, good modern horror yeah yeah, yeah that i think for me they don't i don't have as much love to, with them as other people do i yeah. appreciate them and i enjoy them yeah but they're not you know the the definitive horror film as they are to other people no um but i do i do have a, an appreciation for them and i'm and i'm Interested in revisiting this one. Yeah. Seeing how it all began. Yeah. Uh, another film that sort of went, flew under the radar a little bit, we, but we have Imaginary. This film, I don't believe, actually got a trailer during the Super Bowl, but it was around the time of it, during that weekend. Um, and it's an American supernatural horror film, which is written, directed by Jeff Wadlow. I mean, his previous films include Truth or Death, Fantasy Island, Kick-Ass 2. So, yeah. fairly sort of, um, you know, uh, in play... They're they interesting films. They they are um, they're, they're horror films that I think appeal to quite a variety of yeah. people. They're sort of it's, it's a Blumhouse, it's a Blumhouse film. It, it's 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 horror films that aren't going to be incredibly brutal, you know, disgusting and gory horror. But they they're, they're going to create um a
1: really tense atmosphere. Some jump scares or you um you yeah, know, imagine, imaginative ways to do the jump scares. I think is always um something that you see in these types of films, which would be good. I think it's yeah, very funny that it's a. Not to, not to spoil it too much, but it seems like it's about imaginary friends. The same time that, a two movie is coming out about imaginary friends. So hopefully people aren't going to get confused <laughs> but yeah, I' two of them. Um, that's if it stays in cinemas, it's, it's, um, coming in March, So you're going to be able to see this one fairly shortly? Yeah. I'm hoping it's good. You know, I always love a good horror flick. So yeah, um, we'll, we'll see how it is. Uh, one of the ones I think you are pretty keen for. <laughs> or is yeah. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes.
0: Yes, I am a massive fan of that original trilogy. I think um, it, it's Rise, Dawn, War. I don't know if I've got the order right, but um, right. those those films are amazing. When Matt Reeves took it over for the second and the third, they, they just went up in quality. The first one is still amazing. I watched it fairly recently. I just think they're really good action films that go um, into a lot of... Um, interesting themes, identity, um, uh, what your purpose is in this world. Obviously, it's coming at it from a perspective of apes trying to survive and and, and overcoming a lot of um, awful things that are done to them. Yeah. I mean, it says a lot about how we test our products. Um, you know, it has a lot of isu- um, issues that it, that it covers in terms of um, animal cruelty and things yeah. like that. So I think it's a franchise that is has done very well in terms of every single edition, has done something new, has offered something different, has posed new questions. This is being directed by a completely new director for the franchise. It's being directed by Wes Ball. Now, Wes Ball's other films include um, the Maze Runner films, which I am actually a fan of. I thought they were really good. Um, and I'm really excited to see sort of a younger up-and-coming director tackle such a big, massive scale film. Yeah. Um it is going to be set many years after the last film war. Um it is coming in May and it will be in theaters. But it's being um distributed by of course 20th Century Fox. So Disney. And um I'm really interested to see what they do. I thought the teaser trailer was good. Yeah. Um I thought it it is going to be different from what we've seen before. Okay. Um but I, I do think there is a little bit of grittiness it lacked. I thought that the films before that had a real raw... Yeah. Uh, I thought Matt Reeves brings, as we've seen in the Batman and yeah. in other films he's done, this this grittiness, this realness, oh, just, I think. this darkness. Yeah, it's this tone that I feel like Wes going in a new direction. And that is absolutely not a criticism. I think that, that it's good that they're going in a new direction. I just hope you know if it holds up to what we've seen before because it's... I mean, a lot of pressure on Wes to come into a franchise that is not only critically acclaimed, but really beloved by... Um, fans of the of the franchise yeah so i think i'm glad he's coming in and directing it and i've I've, everything i've seen so far has been interesting but i it does make me nervous because of the legacy that it has to um maintain it's the influence sure
1: um one one that we'll quickly mention is the shogun kulu series so that's kulu in australia that's disney plus here yes Kulu. kulu in in the u.s in the u.s um so it's a said, Japan obviously with the shoguns, um, it's streaming in Fed, so it's currently streams. It's, I believe, it is now, yeah. yeah. And um, so far as of this podcast, it's got hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So. Yeah, That that's that's very early days though. Yeah, it is sort of um, credit reviews,
0: not many reviews yeah. on on the site at the moment. But apparently, it, it's got incredible production values and yeah, it's, it's going to deliver um a really interesting watch for everyone. Yeah, no worries. And then the next one we have is Monkey Man. I mean, directed and produced by Def Patel, produced by Jordan Peel. Yeah. What more do you need to say?
1: Yeah, no, it, uh, right. it looks good. I I love some Jordan. Peel done some fantastic work with what he's producing and directing. Um, so I'm interested in this one. There was just a teaser trailer. We didn't yeah, see... very brief, but from what it was, it seemed like it was themed in an area that i would definitely be interested in. Um, so, so yeah, I I think I would be keen to see that. I don't know how much more I feel like I need to see to to understand what the plot's going to be about. Or even if I want to, is it one of those films that you just want to go and see in the cinemas and, and be surprised by? It. Because I feel like that's what me and you really like about Jordan Peele. Um, like we went into Nope fairly blind and were blown away by it because of because of we didn't have any spoilers essentially. Um, so yeah, that's that's how I'm feeling about it. I absolutely feel the same way. The less I know, I feel like the better.
0: Um, the fact that it's a, it looks like a gritty action film. I mean, directed just by Dev Patel, as we said, Jordan Peele's involvement. I think that that's, that by itself is all we need to sit, all we need to know. Yep. Um, some of my favorite teaser trailers have been for Jordan Peele's films where you just don't know what it's about, but you get this tone and this this um, idea of the, the the horror elements and what he's going to go into. I feel like that's all I want to know with Monkey Man as well. I just want to know the tone. I want to know sort of what genre it's going to be in and I want to go in and be surprised. Yep. Um, that is coming to the end of our main uh, Super Bowl trailers. We should mention that you and I are massive fans of the boys. Yep. We had a TV spot. I think it's,
1: uh, definitely having a dig at some of the political events that are going on right now. We're seeing a huge yep. rise in, um, support for the Republican party. Um, which the, the show has been particularly critical of, um, in its history. And I think people are misinterpreting that to some extent. Um, but yeah, I'll be interested to see where they go with the season. We obviously love the boys. I said, we we'll are want to talk about superheroes when we talk about the boys, but we might just skip over it. We can come back to it another week. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, from, from what we saw, it wasn't anything hugely like we weren't getting any spoilers from it or anything. No, no,
0: nothing related really to the new season as far as I was aware. Yeah. it's just little snippets.
1: Yeah. So just a little teaser. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for, for when the boys comes out. I think that'll be certainly something that I'm rushing to watch. Absolutely. I feel
0: the same way. The boys has been a favorite TV show of ours for a while now. It's definitely, um, been something you and I uh, have been interested in and I think that the TV spot was a very humorous and very enjoyable little addition to the to the variety of trailers we got Yeah. um thank you very much for listening to to the super bowl part of our uh, of our show we're just going to go into some very new um news that has come out over the past couple of days that it would be completely really remiss of us to not to not at least mention yeah but we did get an announcement of the fantastic four cast so we um are going to see a cast um including pedro pascal Um, we're going to see Joseph Quinn, Vanessa Kirby, and Ebon Moss, uh, back crook. I don't know how you say that. Um, I mean, these actors, um, have been really, um, popular and successful. I mean, we had, um, obviously coming, Pedro Pascal coming out of the last of us. And then we had Ebon coming out of, um, the bear and, uh, obviously Vanessa Kirby's involvement in mission impossible recently and some other, um, amazing films as well. I haven't seen much about Joseph Quinn, but I know he's been in a few major releases. He, he was in Stranger Things,
1: which I, I Stranger Things haven't. That's it. I haven't watched. But you got a, the Sand girls going crazy about him. Yeah, like the character that he's playing is Johnny Storm. Johnny Storm. So I think that that could work really well with you know character casting. Um, in that sense, we'll yeah. see how it goes. But I mean, it's interesting. Um, the only one I'm not entirely sure about is actually. Pedro Pascal, I think. Sure. Okay. Like, Interesting. I think he's a brilliant actor. I'm just not sure if he's right for the role. Okay. All right. I mean, I mean, after see him shaped. I feel like if they got to keep it original um, to the comic books, which I feel like Marvel might have to go in that direction to satisfy um, their hardcore fans, um, he might be just a little bit wrong casting. I think John Krasinski was, was fine when he was in uh, Doctor Strange. Yes. I don't know yeah. why I didn't stick with him necessarily. I mean, maybe he was just there for the cameo and got yeah. taken on his way, but... um. Yeah, that's, that's the only one I'm, I'm not sure about. I and mean, it's not even like I don't think he's the right person for it. I just have to wait and see. Um, and being petrol Pascal, he will definitely prove me wrong, won't he?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's safe to say he's, he's a massive actor in Hollywood, and, and his recent projects have been wildly successful. successful, including The Mandalorian and, of course, The Last of Us. Yeah. Um, and then other um, sort of new news, we have... Um, Filmmaker Bong Joon-ho, of course, um, renowned for his work on Parasite, which is a personal favourite. Yeah, a really good film. Um, he is set to direct the most expensive Korean film ever made. It is going to be an animated film um, about deep-sea creatures. Um, that is going to be a major release um, from uh, Korea. Yeah, And um, it's safe to say anything Bong Joon-ho does, I am absolutely interested. Yeah, about. I'll be really keen for that one. Totally. And that is going to get a global release by Sony Pictures, yep. clearly they believe in the in the work as well. Yep. So, um, Toby and I did see a film this week. We we saw the Iron Claw, and so we're going to be going into our non-spoiler thoughts on the film. Um, we will go into a spoiler segment, but we will absolutely put banners up and let you know that that is going to happen. But we'll go into our non-spoiler review, and then we'll go into our spoiler review at the end. But um, I'll just give you a brief rundown of what the film is. I mean, it's about the it's a true story by A twenty four on um the Von Erich brothers. And they were, um, involved in the competitive world of professional wrestling in the early 1980s. Yep. And, uh, Wikipedia says that through tragedy and triumph, the brothers seek larger than life immortality on the biggest stage in sports. Um, this film stars Zac Efron, Jeremy Allen White, Lily James, Harris Dickinson, and Holt McCallany, um, who plays the father. It is directed by Sean Durkin and um it's being critically acclaimed around the world. Um massive film from A24. Um a lot of people are saying it was snubbed at the Oscars. Yeah. Um but yeah, uh, massive film. Let let's start with you. What are your thoughts on the film? Should
1: people go out and see this in theaters before it leaves? Um, I would say it's a really good film. I I will save the my my commentary on other parts of it after until so, we get to the section, because unfortunately I will have to discuss spoilers. It is a really good film. Um, the acting, undeniably brilliant. Uh, the the direction it was taken in, fantastic. The scenes, choreography for the wrestling matches, stuff like that, all really good. Story as well, for what it was, really good story. Um, tear jerker, but we'll warn you that much. Did you know much about the Von Erics before you went into I I don't know anything about the Von Erics before I went into right. the film. Having done my research post the film, I do think it takes away a little bit. Um not really, really a fair bit. Um so okay. if you want to go in with a blind eye and and you can do that, absolutely. Um there are some issues that I don't think are discussed in the film that perhaps should have been. Um but I'll talk about that in the spoiler section a little bit more.
0: But ultimately you'd
1: recommend everyone to go out and watch this film? I would say I'd say yes Okay to some extent. I thought it's of the okay, it's hard to say. It's a film that I think is really good, but because of some of the politics of it. It's a little bit more controversial.
0: Okay, no, that that that's that's totally fair. I'll give I'll give sort of my br- brief thoughts as well. I was a big fan of this film. I, I I went in sort of with a filmmaker's sort of brain. Yeah, and I think it absolutely from a production point of view, from even a story point of view, I thought it really hit all the right notes for me. Yeah. Um, I actually agree with you that upon uh, research outside, there were elements I thought should have been incorporated, or at least mentioned, or yeah. um, gone into. But ultimately, I understand that it is a film needs to keep it within a runtime, and I thought everything they brought to the screen was done in a really well done, respectful manner. Yeah, I thought the performances—Zac Efron, I mean, monumental performance. One of his best. They certainly cared about um, their performance and upholding the um, family, and I just, I just thought they did a tremendous, tremendous job yeah um Sean Durkin, as well had some amazing direction within the film for sure. I thought, um the suspense within the the wrestling scenes and the emotional weight of the film were absolutely um maintained by Sean Durkin, and he did a really incredible job with that. yeah, um, you, I think were really impressed with the physical uh, abilities,
1: yes, yeah. um. I did want to talk briefly about the physiques um, that the actors put on. So, Zach Efron looks fantastic. Um, really, like, really well built body for the character that he was playing. So, obviously, um, in Baywatch, he'd put on a lot of mass, a lot of muscle mass. Um, but for this film, he was a different beast. He was massive. Um, and I thought that was, you know, it looked fantastic for the film. Um, same with Jerry Allen White, also put on so much weight. I was, I was saying that I don't even know how he's going to slim down to, to perform in The Bear because yeah, the, just the amount of weight that he had put on. Um, to play this character, it, it would be impressive for him to slip down for the next season of The Bear coming out. I think it's coming out pretty soon as well. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is the case
0: with Harris Dickinson as well. Um, he is tremendous in what he achieves within his role.
1: Yeah. 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 Oh, there's, there's all recognisable lines recognizable in, um, in how they're, they're built and how they're performing, which is fantastic Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for what they've done for the cast. So yeah. Yeah.
0: So ultimately, I would 100% recommend everyone go out and see this film. A24 has come out again with another incredible film. Yeah. Um, I think I think if you're if you're really interested in watching a uh, family drama, I think that's something we were going to talk about. Where I think people are going in expecting this sort of inspirational sport no, no. thriller, you know, going in thinking it's going to be Creed or Rocky or yeah. films like that. I'd say it's a lot more um, similar to films like Raging Bull. Even in some of the black and white shots that they use, there's a lot of references to black, uh, to Raging Bull. Yeah. Um, basically, it's a family drama that encapsulates the story of people who wrestle and i think people should go in expecting that that is it is a very um deep character study about um a brothers in this family and that is how people should go into this film expecting that the sporting elements are incredible and really well done and i heard that they cast a lot of their stunts themselves and you can feel that that is very visceral very raw um filmmaking that they use in filming those sequences and it absolutely pays off and um I couldn't recommend this film more. Um, it, it, whilst it does have its flaws, it's a great time um, at the movies, and it's definitely going to make you feel um, a lot of a lot of emotions. It's definitely going to hit you in the it, where it needs to. So we're going to move into our spoilers section now. Um, before we do, we we just want to say that it's a film you should go out and see. Um, we are going to save our uh, numbers rating, our way of signposting so that you should go see a film yeah claps our claps so we're going to give the film claps related to obviously the podcast name the clap we're going to tell you how many claps it deserves <laughs> <them> to, um <laughs> basically um for those of you who don't want to listen ahead if you want to go in without any spoilers um we recommend this film but feel free to skip to the end and hear our thoughts on um how many claps right our rating of it exactly sorry um, our rating of it and, um, yeah, but please stop listening, uh, now or skip to the end if you don't want to hear our spoiler thoughts. Yeah. So Toby, do you want to kick us off with the the spoiler section? All right. Let's talk about Nazis.
1: Right. No. Um, so one of the major plot points of the film is that there's a family curse and that's why more spoilers, a lot of the, the brothers end up dying in the film is they believe they have this family curse. Um, and in the film, it's actually not explained why that why there was a family curse, and well, wasn't it related to the the young, the the older brother who they or who they referred to as being the older brother? So the story goes, not well, the story goes, the father, um Fritz von Erich, his caricature that he played in wrestling was a Nazi. He was at, at least a, a Nazi heel, so essentially he was playing a villainous character for the sake of wrestling. And he just so happened to be, like, a German nationalist. Um, so it said, and I think it was, uh, it was an author, David Schumacher, that said in his book, The Squared Circle, Life, Death, and Professional Wrestling, that the ghost of a Holocaust survivor was the one to put the curse on the family. And I think that is a very important part that the film could have touched on, and it didn't. And I find it very interesting that they didn't touch on it um, so, and you, you seem to have some thoughts. Why do you think they didn't go that direction? Do you think it was
0: runtime or do you think it was another element that would take away from the emotion felt with the,
1: with the death of the brothers? I think it adds a level of nuance to characters that they perhaps didn't want. I think that, I want to be entirely honest with you, the way that they portray, um, Kevin Von Erich, the uh, surviving brother, is a very positive line. You think he's this really idealistic, good Christian boy, um... And he's done some, not not done some flawed things, done some flawed things in my mind. Um, and then also, like, the success of the family is off. Well, I mean, also the, the bad parts of the family is off the fact that the father was um, criticized for, for making light of the Holocaust, essentially. Um, so that's definitely a part of the film. But I, I think I wouldn't have taken away from it. I don't know why they didn't put it in. Well, remember, the family was involved in, in the... Yeah, the
0: director did write the film before even talking to the family he definitely wanted a completely um separate story story. he wanted he wanted to come at it from a, a perspective that wasn't influenced by the family yeah but they did watch the film and they were involved in the production yeah but um yeah maybe that was a fact
1: yeah that's one of the things that i um i feel about biopics quite often is that if you have this family um like being so involved in the the script writing and the production of the film is that it can take away some of the parts that maybe frame the characters these real people in a negative light that's the difference between having a, a character that is a character within the story and a character who's actually a real person like and that's not to say that you, you can't have a biopic about someone who was just a good person like that's if they were genuinely those things then all the power to you but i think when you're, you're stripping away elements of someone I mean, they didn't even frame Fritz von Erich in a positive light. He was... No, absolutely not. No, he was he was an awful character. Like, hierarchical family guy. Like, he, he was not a, a great person, even at the end of the story, I feel like you really no. had to resent him. No,
0: but I think I think one part of the film that the, the film did really well was the you believe that the brothers really idolized him, and they wanted to make him proud. They wanted to um, achieve all the things that Fritz... Was hundred percent like nailing into them that this is what you need to achieve. This is what you need to be a man. Yeah. and that part I thought really worked. And th- the fact that these brothers really idolized this man whilst knowing that there were flaws within him, and that was especially clear with um with the with the brother who um, was into music and not into um wrestling. Where you saw how they treated him versus you know the the characters that were involved in wrestling and the fact that he always told people his favorites and things like that where it really, I agree with you, painted the um, father character in a, in a very negative light.
1: Yeah, so that's that's kind of my confusion around why they were perhaps afraid to or they didn't want to to show this part of his character that was mm. very much relevant to, to the entire story. Like, the, the curse was, you know, this plot point that was kind of used as, like, it's not an explanation, but, you know, as, like, a, whoa, there's something going on here, like, um, but it actually explained what the curse comes from um, and the even more controversial our uh, background towards it. And I think it also, we don't to some very relevant politics, Kevin von Erich, and perhaps to spite his father's past and perceived anti-Semitism, has become quite involved and vocal about his support for Israel as a as a country. Um, we actually saw that in him travelling to Israel at the start of this year for the premiere of the I-Claw in Israel, which I think is something that definitely needs to be discussed to the extent that we can understand that how are we portraying characters um in a positive light or how are we showing them in media versus their actual actions and i, I don't want to get too deeply into like the the political sides of everything but i think it's certainly interesting when in biopics in particular we feel a necessity to depoliticize them when mm. it's inevitably impossible because these characters and people some of them are still alive Um, So their actions do have consequences, um, their ideologies have consequences, and therefore the film, in the substance that it is, also has consequences. And I think that's definitely a discussion that needs to happen.
0: So yeah, your issues with the film lie in how it it frames these characters in regards to how they really are, that the film itself is is well done in what it it tries to achieve, but it's missing key elements of the characters and, and the real life part that... It's hard to go into this film looking at it from a biopic point of view where, don't you wrong, the events of the film are real, but there's a lot of ideological uh, elements that form the basis of a lot of the characters that yeah. are glossed over or not explored. Yeah. And that that is absolutely a factor in con- considering the film. For, th- for those who have clearly seen the film now, this is the spoiler section. I feel like unless you know that, it doesn't. like going in blind
1: from it I just know it's something that needs to be considered and it's not even just this film there's so many films where the creators the people actors the the people that portraying us about that like where (laughs) our current morals don't even align with theirs but we we go into it in this way that's kind of like we're going to overlook this and I think at this point in time it's very difficult to and I mean going into a completely different media form Kanye's just released his new album right and at least I feel like I'm not going to consume that that media, that content, because of the way that he's ideologically framed himself. I think when it comes to the way that we're consuming media and art, we need to be very aware of the way that media portrays people or can allow people to do certain things. And I think it's just generally a conversation that it's going to be right now because there's no accountability that we can hold to it. <laughs> to anyone realistically mm. um it's more about the consumers and like what your morality is and how you want to be perceived in consuming things and if you don't agree with something perhaps consider whether or not you want to consume media that other glosses over it or, or sometimes blatantly hides it
0: i i feel for me i look at the film as it is by itself i i won't lie i knowing the ex the the outside things only make me feel like the film had gone into this stuff. They shouldn't have shied away from it, but I feel like I will go and watch the film again and it won't take away from what I'm yeah. seeing on screen that the story they tell, and, and it is, it is true. The stuff that they tell, um, there are certain elements that the one part of external research that I thought was interesting was they actually didn't include one of the Von Eric brothers in the film, that there was actually another brother and they didn't include him in the film. He tragically died of suicide um they didn't include that in the film and i thought that was an interesting decision but i also understand that the film can only do so much yeah and i completely understand that um where this film could have easily been dragged out into a limited series or something like that and gone into a lot more elements but i'm really glad they did hold it up as a film because i thought it had an an amazing structure to it it was well filmed well directed um the choreography for the fight scenes, every part of the filmmaking and story aspect within the film was really well. I
1: I don't want to take away from the the people that made the film in itself. I'm just talking about like the repercussions of the way that it was made and perhaps the story that it told. I do think generally the the Nazi part of the story it could have been so easily involved without being hugely controversial. Like when is film ever really shied away from showing someone as a Nazi? And as I said Fritz von Erich isn't an idealized character. You're not meant to like him. No. By, by all means, why why not make a detestable character also a Nazi? Like, it doesn't... Well, not even a Nazi, but like someone who betrayed or made light of, of you know, the Holocaust or something like that. And, like, I can't say to the extent that all of this is, i um, relevant I can't even say whether or not he he was a Nazi. Like, he just was portraying one in his wrestling um, and, and certain jewish communities took that as insulting and perhaps making light of the holocaust and i think even that in then saying that's the, the cause of the curse is an element of the film I, I would have found at least interesting even if it was just in passing just saying like oh his character was such like a detestable person because he betrayed this that a Serbian community already disliked him and then you can kind of go into how even even as a father even as a family man which is what he he claimed to be good at he was still flawed yeah um and i, I think at least it. For Fritz von Erich, it just shows that he's a very deeply flawed character, sure. And I don't think it, in any sense, would have been like, oh, like you know, we're, we're idolizing this character who portrayed an Nazi, or anything like that. I just, I, I do find it bizarre that they chose to just skip over that. And I, I can't claim to know whether or not it was because of you know the current po- political. Uh, I, I think it would be. I think
0: people want to. This sounds. Interesting to say, but I think for a general audience, a lot of people want to go into a film to escape. And I know that in this, this type of film, maybe that's not the case. And I know that we're not talking about some big blockbuster explosion film here, but we're we're talking about a a, a real dramatic family story. And I totally get that. But I also understand that, um, there are elements of the film that, that went to a place that I thought that, that it went far enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Could it could have gone further, and I totally agree with you. Um, but I feel like as it stands, it kept within the genre that it was trying to be within. Yeah. It um is already quite a long film. Um, and the characters were portrayed really well. But you're right, knowing this external um, um external knowledge, including this element of the father that wasn't explored, was absolutely um a, a major um part of the film that people have do not know. Yeah, and I think it's safe to say that. People should know it. I I hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. Do
1: you want to go into your final thoughts of the film and your rating? Yes. Yeah, I can. Um, once in I'll I'll analyze it as like a standalone film. Please do. Yeah. I thought it was good. I thought it was a good film. Right. Um, really really good acting. Good scenes. Um, even good writing. I I didn't mention this in the non spoiler section. I probably should have. I thought the, um, like talking at the start. There was a lot of exposition instead of like natural conversations. Like I feel like at one point they sat down with the father and he was like. I lost my championship belt and you won't miss out. It. It's just kind of like, we got that. Like, you can tell it through the story. Like, we don't need him to sit down and tell us that. Um, so that was just at the start. I think it it meshed in perfectly um, as the story went on. So the dialogue wasn't a huge issue throughout the entire film. Um, but yeah, all around, it's a good film. Um, I don't know if I'd rush back to watch it necessarily, just being saying, Okay, um, I didn't initially think that. I think, obviously, m- my feelings have been slightly contorted just by... The political aspects of it, um, as I said, um, but even just watching it again, it is it is a hard watch. i It is a hard watch. Um, just just because it is very emotional, um, very intense, um, and that's not to take away from it. A saying like it's a, it, I'm watching a film that I'll never watch again. Like I, I probably might. Um, probably not. I I will probably watch it again. Right. Um, but yeah, all all together, I would currently give it eight eight claps. Eight claps. Yeah. Yep. Right.
0: I think that that's that's really interesting. I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, I didn't necessarily feel the dialogue at the beginning. I I see it now, now that you pointed it out, and I did notice it. But I thought it fit within the character because I feel like that is a character who is very vocal. I feel like that is the character of who he hit. he is. Where he's he's very vocal to his entire family. He's very involved, and he has his opinions, and he says them, and he doesn't waver. Yeah. So I thought it fit within the character, and you're right, and it meshed really well in the rest of the film. For me, I personally um, thought it was a, a tremendous film. I thought every element from the cinematography to the acting to the direction to the production design to the sound design all worked really well. Every hit within the ring was felt. Um, every uh, emotional beat landed. I cared about the characters. I um, thought the visuals were really impressive. It did a lot of unique things. Um, the, the blend of the black and white and the color. Yeah. All, all of these elements worked really well. They did not distract. You know, some people may go into it and sort of it starts in black and white and see yeah. it as some art art house film that and and it it might be, but it tells a really powerful story, yeah. has incredible production values, and ultimately tells a really powerful story about these the Von Erich brothers. Yeah, I personally would give it nine claps. Okay. I think there's not a lot about it I would change. The only thing I would say that that would drop it down would be sort of the external research yeah. and the things surrounding that, but. Ultimately, it sounds like critics um, from across across the world also agree. It's got 89% run Tomatoes, 8 out of 10 average on um, IMDb. So it's really critically acclaimed. Yeah. Unfortunately, it, it is sort of driving out of theaters now. It has been out for a period of time. It is now available in video on demand. And it is still playing in certain theaters. Um, I know in Australia, you can still see the classic cinemas and um, cinemas like Palace. Um, for, for those overseas, I believe it is still playing in theaters, but it is coming on video. It is out on video on demand. So if you want to watch it, um, from home, that is absolutely an option now, but I'd say if it's still playing in the theater, do you watch it on the big screen, um, every, every hit lands and, um, you'll come out feeling emotional and it's definitely a film that, um, I mean, we had visible gasps and, yeah. you know, people were, were crying in the theater. We, it was definitely experience that shared shared with people was was a tremendously profound experience. Yeah. So I definitely recommend you go out and see this one. If not, watch it at home, but basically try and find a way to watch this film. A twenty four have absolutely got another hit on their hands. Um and I and I only hope to see um this entire cast
1: and crew go on to do more yeah, incredible work. Absolutely. Um I think we'll go on to the to the outro now. I do, yeah you know, briefly say I don't think we're going to be doing an hour and a half about news topics um going on. I think it was just that there was a Super Bowl. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah. Um, and we'll probably spend more time discussing films in general. Absolutely. Um, we, we will be in a film
0: and TV news podcast, but we will get we are going to go into um, film reviews and, and uh, our discussion on, on films a lot more in the future. We will always hit on the, the major new stories coming out of the week, but it has been a major week for films. and yep. um, We've had some big new releases. I remind you that Madam Web and Bob Marley are in theaters now. Yep. And, of course, please check out the Super Bowl trailers, and we will absolutely be coming back with some major releases. We've got June Part 2 coming out, and I'm sure we're going to try and go out and see either Bob Marley or Madam Web in the near future. Yeah. And we will give you our thoughts on those. Um, all we'd ask is that we are we are just two guys trying to start a podcast who talk about movies so much to our friends and family, and we just wanted to bring that to you. If you could please um share uh, this podcast with others or give us feedback, we'd absolutely appreciate it. And we hope to see you again on another episode. Yeah, if you want you wanna plug your anything um all, all we'll say is keep an eye out for the clap podcast um we'll be available on um, apple podcast spotify podcast wherever you get um your podcast from yeah um we are hoping to incorporate a youtube element um this this um will be available as an audio file on um youtube under frost films 01 so please check it out on on youtube as well uh, let it uh, please speak to your friends and family let let them know about us and we hope see you again on another episode thank you very much